Welcome to the Pain Solutions Podcast. Dr. Wayne Fimister is a family physician with a special interest in chronic pain, whose passion is finding solutions for this epidemic problem facing one-third of the adult population. He is a clinical associate professor at the University of British Columbia in Canada and has developed one of the first online medical trigger point injection courses for doctors and nurse practitioners, a technique that is easily learned and implemented into the medical office of any doctor or nurse practitioner treating chronic pain. To get free access to Pain Solutions newsletter, blogs, and to register for his online course, simply register at www.waynefimister.com. On the podcast, Dr. Wayne brings together experts from various segments to share with you how they solve people's pain problems and how you can get this treatment too. And now, here's your host, Dr. Wayne Fimister. Well, hello and welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining me. My very special guest today is Joe Lackey. Now, Joe has already been on the podcast show several months ago, and he's so far the number one interviewee for viewing. So thank you, Joe. It's been uh, fascinating working with you the last few months. So we're back here learning a few more things about marijuana. You know, we now have a new government licensing system in our country, which has changed things for a lot of people. So let's start with uh, what's going on from the government level. You know, first of all, you know, we're dealing with different provinces. We have a federal government. And then, of course, we have our, you know, the independent provinces and territories in Canada. So what I'm seeing is is the government itself is taking the mandate, of course, you know, to legalize cannabis. And they did that. And now really where it's boiling down is to each individual provinces. And they're all treating it differently. Ontario has a different stance to it opposed to Alberta and opposed to British Columbia. But the one thing that I am really seeing, and especially in British Columbia, is the government's willingness to work with the medical cannabis dispensaries. Okay, so you're focusing on medical there. So what are the different types of dispensaries? Well, what we have is we have our recreational dispensaries, and they all operate under the same category throughout Canada, of course by providing cannabis uh, flour, cannabis oil. And of course, the big thing is there is no edibles of any kind that's offered in any of the dispensaries. That's the recreational end of it. And of course, the government's mandate, as they have said, a year from now is it will bring in the medical. And it's probably the best thing that they can do, do it that way just because it's a real big concern to me of people taking edibles without letting their physician know because it's very dangerous. I've been on that side of the block and I've seen what happens. And I think the government's doing the correct stance by doing that. But also what they're doing though, Wayne, is they're, um, you know, they're working with us on the medical end and, you know, with chew tablets and things like that, working with prescriptions from doctors. So that's the the big difference on it. Okay. So what was going on before in relation to our patients getting their, the oils and the creams versus, you know, what's going on now. So before October 17th, as you know, there was a, a number of dispensaries throughout Canada in every city, every province. And so what people were doing is they were walking into dispensaries and very scared most of them. As you know, I speak to most of my patients on the phone. And the biggest concern for them when they were walking into these dispensaries, and I call them rogue dispensaries, is what is in it? What is the medicine? And what can you tell me? And as you know, the biggest problem with these is you'll walk into a dispensary, and I've walked into many of them throughout Canada, 
And before that, you'd walk in and basically would say, hey, dude, how can I help you? And where you would ask some information, and the only thing is, well, I don't know, man, but uh, it'll really get you high, right? And that is the biggest shame because what happened is we have a lot of people that are actually looking to get off narcotics, and there was absolutely no education. The model was, let's just make money. For instance, Phoenix Tears. I would go into a store, and uh, they didn't know who I was. And this is what the public would deal with. I would go in, and I would say, I would like some information on Phoenix Tears. And they would kind of look at you, and they would um, go, well, here they are. No education. And like I said before, I would, the only thing they would say it would get you really high. There was no talk about the percentage of THC, the percentage of CBDs in them. And a lot of people got misinformed and discouraged from the cannabis industry. It was a gong show, period. The Wild West. And, of course, things were made with butane. Cannabis, you can grow it a number of ways. And bud and herbs, we only use organic. But the biggest problem is, what were you smoking? What were the chemicals in that cannabis that you were smoking? It was just all about profit. So I'm very pleased to see where we're at now. But before, it was the wild, wild west and nobody even knew what was going on. For instance, you would go into a dispensary for edibles. Sometimes they worked, sometimes they didn't work, and more and more if they got hot spots, people thought that they were having heart attacks, had to go to the hospital. So it was a complete, absolute gong show. Okay, so from gong show to the current up-to-date status, what are patients faced with now? The biggest question patients are faced with now and I'll just go into the retail, is the unknown. There is absolutely no education for them to go into a dispensary to look at it. For instance, cannabis strains are all different. And one of the things actually we're working at Bud and Herbs, I'm pleased to announce, is we're doing a video just for the recreational customers, the questions to ask. And um, the important things are, what is the ratios? You know, there's the indicas, there's the sativas, which is back in the 80s, but what they really have that is how much THC is in the product, the percentage, what is the percentage of CBDs, and most of them also put the percentage of CBNs. Important thing now is to educate them. What each individual cannabinoid does, once they learn that, they can try the different strains to find what works for them for that particular time. Okay, so we're talking about percentages and ratios. Can you give us some, you know, general overview, simple plan of attack for, say, a chronic back pain patient. Just say chronic back pain, say they're not sleeping, which is common, no depression, no anxiety issues, but you're just dealing with pain and sleep. What would you be advising your patients who are coming for with their medical prescriptions? Now, as far as the pain goes, what we have to be concerned of is managing it for daytime use, for work, of course. And so what we recommend, first, you know, we speak with them, I'll wait. And things really come into it because THC stores into the fat. So let's say if it's a pain for daytime relief so they can go to work. I start the number one on pure CBDs. And the reason being is cannabinoid has no psychotic effects to it. And it works with the C1, C2 receptors. And in a lot of cases, the CBDs will give them enough relief where they're not going to the THC for the daytime relief. Now, if it's severe pain, like, for instance, you know, the diabetic neuropathy patients or, you know, joint pain or something like that. Now, the secret that I have found on that, number one, is the education to educate them about the THC. 
but then it's using small doses in combination with the CBD. The CBD will counter-react the psychotic effects of the THC. For instance, let's say if I'll start off on a 7.5 milligrams of CBD. Well, if that works for them, great, I'll stop. I will take it up to 15 milligrams as Health Canada recommend maximum dosing and see what happens at that point. If they're still into the pain, that's where I'll introduce the THC. Now, it's a very gradual step that I start with. I'll start with two and a half milligrams of THC, and the THC is good for the inflammation in the joints, which relieves a lot of the pain for them. If at 2.5, it's, it's removed enough of that inflammation, great, we have a dosage. And then just moving it up to there, what works for them. Sometimes it's up to 15 milligrams of THC and 15 milligrams of CBD. When you're at that point, you're dealing with some severe pain, right? And even up to 30 milligrams. So it's starting off with a CBD, gradually increasing the dose of THC to find what works for them in a good state where they can function daily. Now at nighttime, that's a whole different ballgame. And I find that CBD is also very, very important in sleep. So now we're going to kind of reverse the tables because for the people out there, you know, I'm sure they understand that CBD is great for anxiety and it's a calm, beautiful day. THC, like I tell people, will throw you into the couch. So for nighttime, it's kind of a reversal that I use where it will be, you know, we'll start off with 7.5 milligrams of THC and a smaller dose of CBD. But I've also found that combining the two, even if it's a very, very small dose of CBD to THC or THC to CBD, they work best combined together. So at nighttime, it could be a 15 milligrams of THC and 7 milligrams of CBD. Again, it's working with them starting on the THC end and then bringing the CBD into it because we don't want to scare them, right? So that's what I've found you know, for daytime relief for the work and then at nighttime relief to help them get to sleep. Okay, and when physicians prescribe, because I think there's an, a growing acceptance that you know the government's changing their their laws around this subject, and you know we're trying to run away from overuse of opioids and the the use of high doses of opioids in all cases really here in BC. So when a physician prescribes their dose, do they need to specify like both THC? and CBD, or you know, is that something that can be done at the medical dispensary level? Of course, we do a lot of counseling with patients. And um, through that consultation and listening to them and, and a couple of key factors like weight, do they have any stressors going on in their life right now? And I spoke with Dr. Gabler about this from, from delivery about two weeks ago. The concern is a lot of people have underlying cases of anxiety. And so we have to be very careful on the amount of THC that we're recommending to people for that. And that's why it's very important for the consultation to find out if there's any underlying conditions, stressors in it, and again, finding out what they're taking because a lot of interactions. So really to come up with the proper doses, do a proper consultation, find out everything that they're on, and more important, are there any other factors are you having problems at work? Are you having problems at home? And once you figure those out, then it's start off very, very low and build the doses. Okay. So, you know, with myself, you know, I'm using your services and, and there's other 
locations where patients have been receiving their marijuana um, in my practice. And I'm finding generally that their sleep is better, you know, and we now know from the science, the neuroscience of sleep is that if you're not sleeping, you will get pain. You know, if you don't have pain now, then you're probably going to get pain in the future because it's all interconnected in the limbic system. So the flip of that is they must be sleeping. You must be able to have, you know, seven to eight hours ideally of sleep per night in order to recover from pain. So, you know, the role of CBD is, is huge here because often other medications have been tried or over the counter, you know, valerian or melatonin or lavender have been tried and not effective. So, you know, I think CBD has definitely got a massive role to play in helping sleep. And then with, you know, the knowledge you're building up here, you know, the knowledge for, for treating chronic pain at the same time. So I would say it's, it's working well um, in my patients who end up uh, using this uh, treatment modality. And I think the other thing to say is, I think it does take time. You know, it takes weeks of trial and, you know, discussion and just watching, see what their, see what their body responds to. And um, I look forward to just, you know, working with the patients and, and just see what is the optimal dose for them at the end of the day. So, you know, that's a little bit of feedback to you from, you know, my practice. And as you know, we share a number of patients now and just trying to help get the best approach moving forward. So just to change angles a little bit. So, you know, your services are basically a store online. Is that right? Can you just tell us a little bit about that store called Bud's General Store? I developed the store six years ago, medical only. So once they have a prescription, they come to us, and what we do is we take that prescription, and then what Bud and Herbs and Bud's General Store does is we send them over a form which makes us an agent. Under Section 3, Paragraph 3 of the Health Canada Act, patients can make us agents, administrators, or advocates to get their medical cannabis for them under their direction or physician's direction, and of course, ship that medical cannabis to them under their direction. So Bud's General Store is medical only. It requires the patient to be working with a doctor, of course, again, because of the interactions of drugs. And then once that is all done and with the doctors, then the patients, what they can do is they can log into Bud's General Store, order their medical cannabis, and then under their direction, we will ship it to them. But also the important part of the store is where the physician or the doctor themselves can also log in to see a history of where they're starting and where they're going, which is very, very important. You know, not only for the patient, but for the doctor also, so they can monitor their patients so there's no abuses going on with it, which is, you know, something I'm always concerned about, whether they're ordering drugs to someone else. So it gives us that capabilities to work with the physicians and ourselves to monitor where they're going with it, the dosages, of course, for the improvements. So, you know, another question that I often get asked is, what are the different formulations or routes that this marijuana can be given to patients? So can you just go through and the different um, administration forms and how that relates to our public. Okay, so the delivery of the cannabis is, is what you mean, correct? Yeah, correct. So what we do right now is, again, we combine both of them. For instance, we do quite a bit with addiction, a lot of addiction. Now, I use different delivery devices for the di addiction. 
So to start with, anyone who's dealt with addiction at the first uh, point, they're experiencing vomiting, diarrhea, and also a lot of other chronic things. So the problem is we couldn't use suppositories or we can't keep things into their system. So what we use is we use a vape device where we're vaping the THC or the mixture of THC and CBD. So they get the immediate response of the vape to calm them down. So that's one of the delivery devices we use. Very big with suppositories. We do a lot of suppositories because we find that using the suppository delivers the medicine a lot better. It goes right to the brain. It bypasses the liver and a lot better bioavailability by doing it that way. The tablets that we use, the chew tablets, they've actually, they're water-based and designed to melt at body temperature. So the process that we use for those, especially for the CBD, by using the process and what we've designed in the chew tabs, give a very high bioavailability orally, working singularly through, you know, the tissues in the mouth. And then, of course, we have the old uh, roll of joint and uh, <laughs> pop one of those bad boys back. And that's the other the delivery that we also use into it currently. Okay, so in that you know, description, you mentioned the uh, technical word bioavailability. So do you want to just explain that a little bit just for our audience? Absolutely. Imagine you're driving down in Florida. You see this great, big, beautiful orange tree. The farm is there and you ask them, may I please take an orange because you would never want to take it. So you take that big, beautiful orange, you cut it in half, you squeeze it into a glass, you pick that glass up and you drink it, you just got 100% bioabsorption. Now, take that vitamin C tablet that's hard as a rock, right? Put that beside, you take the vitamin C tablet, you take it with the water, and you're probably pretty lucky if you're getting 10 to 12% of actual absorption into your body. So basically what bioabsorption means is, depending on the delivery, how much medicine actually enters your body. Now, some of the concerns, especially with an oral delivery, is we have to deal with some of the most corrosive acid on the planet in your stomach. So a lot of that gets eaten away too, where you have to take into consideration when you're doing oral doping, the percentage that is lost in the stomach that actually then goes into the tract and hits the bloodstream. So there's the bioabsorption is the key moving forward with, I believe, medical cannabis or you know any other medication. How much medicine gets absorbed in the body, period. Okay, well, thank you. And, you know, let's reflect on your practice right now because, you know, you've got lots of patients who you're seeing every day or every every other day, and you're following them up. What kind of results are you actually getting from this treatment? So what I'm finding right now, the results that we're getting is happiness. And what I mean by the happiness is someone, especially with us, has taken the care explaining how things work with them. And if that makes any sense, they've come to someone that is answering their questions overwhelmingly. And the biggest thing also, too, is the family members that talk to us after the fact, where once they decide to go on to the medical cannabis, they see the, the results right away. And again, it's hard because we do so many different things. Cancer, we've seen a lot of great results using suppositories for cancer. Now, fortunately, we only get them at stage four when there's nothing else to do. So that's kind of hard. I'd, I'd sure like to get some right away. 
and the biggest thing is, you know, with the prevention of it too. So. Okay, so you know things are moving on in this field. What's the next thing coming for you down the pipeline? The thing that I'm really excited about is the clinical trials that we're involved in right now. The results that are coming to me, it's changed a lot of my perception. There's no more guessing. They're actually results. And we'll be able to share that with the medical community. Again, over the last year, what, when you do a clinical trial, you think you know what the results are. But when the results come back, it's totally different. So I think the key right now is to focus on our clinical trials with all of our products. And especially going into the recreational end in one year, where we'll have some definitive results. So when it does become recreational, does become legal, at least people will have a choice and they'll be able to make a decision on the Bud and Herbs brand that has the clinical trials to give them the proper dosing, to give them the, you know, the proper information or make the right decision on medicating with medical cannabis. So the key is the clinical trials for me right now. Okay, thank you. Is there anything else you'd like to share today? I think what we have to understand, especially in British Columbia, the government's doing their very, very best. They're in a different position. There was a different government in place before they got in. And of course, anyone that started a business before, it's very similar. Imagine jumping into a brand new business where something's been started. Now you have to take over. I'm very proud of the, um, the health minister in British Columbia in his regards and his remarks towards medical cannabis. And same with Ontario, where I do a lot of work. And it has to keep going. The medical cannabis is really the key. It's been forgotten about in the recreational, but it's nice to see the Minister of Health for British Columbia kind of given a pass to the to the real medical dispensaries. Hopefully moving forward is they'll, you know, they'll give the medical dispensaries a little more clout, a little more help, and really define between recreational and medical. Well, on that parting comment, thank you so much, Joe. It's been a, it's been great having you on once again. And uh, I look forward to following up with you and, and learning more as I'm sure our audience is as well. So you have a great day and we'll talk soon. Thanks, Brian.